SAFM, leading the conversation. The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Turning conventional wisdom on its head. Songhezo Mapepe on SAFM. Mokhweng Mokhweng took leave in May 2021. He retired in September 2021. Up until now, from the time he took leave, nearly 10 months ago, there has been an acting Chief Justice. Can you imagine a situation where the country has an acting president for as long? Can you imagine a country like ours that doesn't have the head of an institution, an arm of the state? Imagine Parliament having an acting speaker for this long You probably can't imagine it because it is quite simply unthinkable. And yet the most crucial arm of the state, the judiciary, the lost defenders of the Constitution, are without an executive head. The one who is there, Acting Chief Justice Raymond Zondo, is acting. He has applied for the position in which he is now acting. But acting is not doing And South Africa finds itself a month and a couple of days after the interviews for that very position of Chief Justice. Still, despite the recommendation, Mandi Samaya's name being put forward, the president has not even said as much anything in when he will make the final decision. The question then obviously begs, where to from here? Researcher at Judges Matter, the organization at the University of Cape Town that is doing some sterling work in making sure that we know the work of the JSC and recall who our judges are. Mr. Mbegazeli Benjamin is on the line to shed some light as to where we are in this judicial abyss. Mbegazeli, good evening. Good evening, and good evening to the listeners at home. What's happening? What's happening? You guys are doing research on this. Where are we? Are we any closer to the zenith of appointing this Mandi Samaya or anybody else for that matter? Look, um, we are as frustrated as, as most South Africans about this issue. Um, we, in fact, according to our calculations and what is required in the process, we thought it would be wrapped up before the end of 2021. Um, and to our surprise, the JSC extended it to February 2022. But now we are in utter disappointment to see that the president has not uh, acted and appointed the chief justice a month after um, the, the interviews were held. And, and I think we, we must put it in some sort of perspective. The last time the chief justice was appointed, it took only four days from the interviews until the announcement was made. So it, it, the, 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 the chief justice uh, was interviewed over the weekend, and by Thursday, we knew exactly who the chief justice was. So in, in this situation, four weeks have passed, and, and we've heard nothing, radio silence from the presidency. That is, that is a, a real, real um, a, a unfortunate situation. It is a, a judicial abyss, as you aptly described it. Talk about the fact that this vacancy exists, how it hasn't attended to some of what would otherwise have been something high on the agenda of the incoming Chief Justice, just to bring a sense of stability and credibility into the institution that is judiciary, that for too long now in recent times has not enjoyed the sort of narrative one would hope the judiciary itself 
enjoys from the population who really have to have confidence in the judiciary for the credibility of the democratic state in the general sense. But now there isn't a head of the institution. The JSC, for the most part, is not the JSC it wants to be for itself, not speaking as a member of their JSC, but I can't imagine that every member of the JSC is happy with what the JSC has come to characterize how it engages itself in its constitutional obligations. This despite the fact that there are some JCC, Judicial Conduct Committee decisions against judges themselves who have proven themselves not to be able to hold themselves as true judicial officers. Think of Sober as a judge, for instance, and you might be led to think of the Ngola Modatas of this world. A new chief justice is somebody, I put it to you, who has to come in sooner rather than later and effect not just damage control, but press the reset button in many ways. Yes, I, I, I absolutely uh, agree with you. Um, right now, we've, we've had a judiciary that has been an autopilot for quite some time. Um, to be fair on Acting Chief Justice Zondo, he's been preoccupied with the state capture report. So I can't imagine that he has too much time on his hands to devote to the very difficult job of Chief Justice. It is not an easy job. It is not a job that... Uh, need someone who has a, who, who has a side gig or who has other commitments. It needs someone who's focused on the job, and which is why it is so crucial that we have had that we, we should have a chief justice. And even if you read the the constitution, there is no way in the constitution where uh, an acting chief justice is even comp- contemplated. There are no words like acting chief justice in in the constitution. There is acting president. There is an interim speaker, but there is nothing for an acting chief justice because the drafters of the constitution never imagined a situation where we would have a vacancy in the chief justice office, knowing fully well that a chief justice only has 12 years on uh, uh, on, on the road. So it is it is a, a vacancy that should have been filled. But you're quite right. There are issues, burning issues, that we think the chief justice should have been focused on. Number one is fixing the Judicial Service Commission. We all saw the interviews that happened in, in February. They were, I think, the lowest point at which the Judicial Service Commission can go. And from now, we need hands-on chief justice who will fix that uh, uh, position, uh, or that commission, rather. We also, you, you mentioned uh, issues of judicial misconduct. We know that there are cases of judicial misconduct piling up that are not being dealt with simply because there is no leader in that system. So the chief justice is also needed to hold the other judges accountable uh, to the standards that we expect of them. And of course, the Constitutional Court, I think, is one of the big things that I should really, really emphasize. The Constitutional Court is not as perf- performing as well as it should. Last week, we had the unprecedented situation where the Constitutional Court had to withdraw a judgment because there were certain things that were not followed through properly. So that that kind of situation has never happened before, and I dare say it should never ever happen again, and which is why we need a chief justice. This is exactly what happens when a vehicle moves without a, a designated driver, right? Things like this do happen. No one's going to check the engine because nobody has that responsibility. No one's going to check the tire pressure and the oil and check the fuel and all of those things. But let's just move back slightly because you do raise some points. We're going to talk about the constitutional lacuna or rather the constitutional imperatives that we now find ourselves in that are not exactly made um, 
Well, there isn't place for them. You talk about an acting chief justice. Park that for a moment. The political, academic, and professional rhetoric in largely coming across as, despite what the JSC has said, the president is still not bound by that. Now, of course, that is... I beg your pardon. It seems like we have lost our caller, so I'm just going to get into a soliloquy very quickly so that he doesn't lose the essence of my question. For the record, I am speaking to Mr. Mbegazeli Benjamin, researcher at Judges Matter. Judges Matter is an organization that is based at the University of Cape Town. They look into all matters to do with how judges are appointed and the work of the JSC, the Judicial Conduct Committee, and matters incidental therewith. My man, Mbegazeli Benjamin, is back on the line, so I'm going to continue with the question that I was starting to pose to him. The political, academic, and professional rhetoric that has come through, in my view, has moved along these lines. doesn't matter what the JSC has said. The president can pick whoever he wants to be the chief justice. Now, however it might be meant by those who are saying things that are consistent with that statement, what it ultimately boils down to is it has the effect of discrediting, one, the decision or the recommendation of the JSC to the president and the credibility itself of the candidate who has been put forward. How dangerous, precisely because of this inordinate delay, does it give effect to that rhetoric, dismissible otherwise as it may be, it now gives it credibility by virtue of the president not moving as one would hope he does or should? Well, I, I think uh, I should... I should make it clear somewhere that um this process reflects nothing on the candidates. Um we were very fortunate this time around to have very strong, exceptional judges put themselves forward to be Chief Justice and any one of them uh could actually be a a, a very good candidate for Chief Justice. And I, I I don't want us to take anything away from them mm. based on this process. But you're quite right to say the delays um that we've seen do make people now question what, what could the president be doing? Because um, from at least the end of October, the president was given a report on the four candidates. That report was by the panel that was chaired by uh, Judge Navi Pillay. That report explained in great detail the qualities of each candidate, their judicial track record, their commitment to human rights as demonstrated in their judgment. So that, that report was sticking with the president by the end of October. So he had a clue of what to expect on the candidates. And when the consultation process with the Judicial Service Commission and the leaders of political parties in parliament happened, that was basically a process at which the president was settling on one or other candidate. He should have, by the end of October, decided on one, and then the consultation process would have said, yes, this is the right way to go, or no, try another candidate. Now we've seen the JSC finished its, its process, and a month of just silence has gone by. Now, that, that makes people wonder, what else could the president be doing? What, who else could he be con- consulting, and w- for what purpose? So there are legitimate questions that the president could clarify, could have clarified by simply making the appointment by now. And, and like you, I'm, I'm just puzzled why we're having this But surely now this is where the work of Parliament becomes of paramount importance. There are secretaries to Parliament, there are legal advisors to Parliament, and in that very Parliament sits the Judicial Committee or the Committee on Judicial Matters, as the case may be. There is a minister whose responsibility is 
justice and constitutional development and all matters to do with looking at the constitution, noting what you have noted earlier on, that the constitution does not make allowance for an acting an acting Chief Justice, much less for the time this one has been acting for, what prevents a member of Parliament or society, frankly, for that matter, from going to the High Court and putting the President to terms on the basis of accountability that he must make an appointment within, of course, what would constitute a reasonable time, failing which there at least would be a declarator that the president has failed to uphold, protect, and defend the Constitution, which is an implicit part of what his duties entail. Find us a chief justice. The short answer is that there is no, no impediment. The Constitution itself, it says that all constitutional obligations must be complied Section with. Section 232, absolutely. Yes, within a reasonable time. And so the president, for him, taking so long to do such a simple task, we do. It, it does beg the question whether it's not time for someone to step up and, and just force the president's hand because clearly he's, he's struggling with coming to this decision. Thank you for your time, Mr. Ben, Mr. Mbegazeli. Benjamin, final comments from you? Well, I, I think the, the final comment is that I'm really hoping the president is listening to your show, Sonia, and, and listening to your advice, and he should take the decision. Whatever decision it is, I'm sure... South Africans will welcome it, and he just needs to take the decision. I would hope the president is actually not even listening to my show and just making the decision so that when we wake up tomorrow, there's a sense of direction for the state, for the judiciary, for our country. Mr. Benjamin, for your time, thank you so much. Thank you. Good night. Good night indeed. That was the first hour, ladies and gentlemen. That's the conversation as to why possibly could be the variables, why we do not have a Chief Justice. More importantly, you at home have the power to effect some form of reform. There's nothing stopping you from filing an application before any high court in this country, forcing the president to give us a Chief Justice. It is a constitutional imperative, and this imperative is a constitutional obligation because I have a right to have a Chief Justice. All constitutional obligations must be fulfilled without unreasonable delay. That's the Constitution. It's not my bad for saying that. But it is 21 hours. It's time for news.